0: It's time to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on Giants.com here we go here we go In the Giants mobile get them in there let's go part of the Giants podcast network.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants huddle podcast he's Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow and it's a special rapid reaction edition as the Giants have landed a new head coach to join forces with new GM Joe Shane and that is former Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. A reminder, you can listen to the Giants Huddle podcast on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all podcast platforms. You can also check out a recent edition of the podcast in which we discussed Dable with a local Bills NFL reporter. All right, Jeff, let's get right into it. As I mentioned, yeah. last four seasons, he served as the Bills offensive coordinator, so that goes back to 2018. And over those four seasons, they obviously developed Josh Allen. The team got into the playoffs mix, and we saw the amount of success that they had, obviously, in each of the last two seasons. They made the conference championship game in 2020, fell just short here in 2021, but this is somebody that has never served as an NFL head coach, but... He has been a coordinator, he's been a QB coach with various NFL teams. He got his start on the NFL level with the Patriots back in 2000, all the way through 06. He was a defensive assistant and a wide receivers coach. Then he had another stint with the Patriots as a tight ends coach in 2013 and 16, but we're talking about somebody that's been involved in various schemes, has worked with various head coaches, and certainly is coming off an extremely impressive tenure with the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's exciting. I think that, uh, you know, one thing that caught my eye or my ear when I heard John Mara talk about, um, you know, no, this, there's no package, or I think it might, yeah, I think it was John, there's no package deals. <laughs> well, you got yourself a package deal here. So, um, but I think what's impressive about this is that I think a lot of us, uh, wanted the new coach to be an offensive minded guy because with all due respect, the, the offense was pretty much nothing last year, and I think that it needs to be fixed. Um, and I think that now you have somebody that's going to come in here um, with a lot of tools, uh, a lot of experience. When you look at, you know, Brian Dayball, uh, he didn't have much success at the beginning. And he had a lot of, you know, trouble, you know, moving that offense in the right direction, but he did it. And now the last couple years... You know, you got a quarterback that's probably one of the better ones in the National Football League. So it's exciting to see that the offense is going to get improved because of him. Now, I would imagine that it's going to be his offense. Will he be calling plays? Most likely. But I guess it's going to be interesting now, Lance, to see about his coaching staff. Um, Who is going to be the offensive coordinator um, or whatever you want to call him. I would imagine that he's going to maybe be calling the plays or maybe not. I don't know. But this is exciting. And I think that – you heard Joe Shane in his press conference mention that, you know, we don't care if there's no head coaching experience. That doesn't matter. We're looking for somebody with leadership, somebody that can come in and take this, uh, this football team to the next level. And one thing good about Brian Dayball, he's also worked with Tom Brady, and so and he's he's worked with Josh Allen. Those are some pretty good names. And I think that it's important that he comes in here now and tries to get everything he can uh, out of Daniel Jones. As far as the play calling question mark that you brought
1: up, Mm -hmm. I think if you bring in a veteran play caller that he's comfortable, who he's had previous history with, maybe you feel good about handing over the reins. But I think, Jeff, we can't forget the appeal of why he was a head coaching candidate was because of what he did as the play caller with the Buffalo Bills, right? So I would think part of then that appeal is, well, come over to the Giants. We don't want you to then all of a sudden let go of those responsibilities, right? We want you to then continue (laughs) what you did in Buffalo. (laughs) Albeit, it's going to be new personnel, so you have to keep expectations in check. It's not like he's bringing over Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and everybody else, but... His scheme, how he moved personnel around, as you mentioned, they were not a finished product with the offensive line when he took over. Josh Allen was somebody that there were questions about his accuracy, remember, coming out of college, so Mm -hmm. all of those things, they little by little worked on and improved, so I guess what I'm getting at is my expectation, at least initially, and we'll have to wait and hear from Brian Dable when he speaks to the media, but I would think That the appeal and the priority would be for him to be the play caller, given that's what put him in the position to ultimately become a head coach.
0: There's no question. I mean, that was the sexiness, if you will, about the hire. Because, um, you know, when you watch that Buffalo Bills team play offensively, that's really pretty exciting here's the thing that's more exciting to me is that the Buffalo Bills really didn't have a running game. Um, so That I was the big you, issue, yeah. And so when you look at what they could do with Saquon Barkley back there and also a player that I don't really think they had Cole Beasley, but I don't think Cole Beasley is uh, Kadarius Toney by any means. So I think there's a lot of, lot of things that – Giants fans should be excited about if you can. If, if am I actually saying this? Can be excited about an offense <laughs> that's <laughs> going to be could be pretty potent. And I and I I just think that there's got to be, you know, when you look at how Daniel Jones needs to play, I think this guy's a perfect fit for him to come in and work on some things. Look at Josh Allen. Okay, went to Wyoming. Okay, not a huge school. Um, you know, a guy that had obviously some. Had to work on some things for a few years, but eventually he got there. You know, I look at Daniel Jones as a guy that, when John Mara has said that we did everything to we could to you know to kill this kid, I screw swear. him up. Yeah, was the screw exact him. term. So yeah. I think that when you look at Brian Dayball and what he could do for the at the quarterback position, being a quarterback coach and being an offensive coordinator and showing what he's done in the past with Josh Allen, maybe there's you know a, something that he can do with with um, Daniel Jones. And maybe that will happen because they're going to give him a chance this year. We all know that Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback this season. I keep trying to tell everybody that, that there's not – unless I'm crazy and there's you know there's a bucket of money somewhere that they're going to be able to go do something with or trade. But, you know, all indicators are showing that he's going to be the guy and Brian Dable could be that guy to turn him around, and you certainly hope so. So it's exciting. And you know what? Finally here. Wow, what a a lot has transpired in the last two or three weeks for the New York Football Giants, and they got themselves a new GM, and now they got themselves a new offensive uh, minded head coach. Absolutely, life comes at you fast in
1: the NFL, and they are both coming from the Buffalo organization, so there's that relationship there. That's I want to get one. to that, yeah, Jeff, in a second. But before we get into that, because that's obviously an important element, I just want to piggyback off of two things you brought up. Number one, just in case our listeners are saying to themselves, "Wait a minute, the Bills didn't have a running game." Yes, Josh Allen was the running game, but we're talking <laughs> about. Yeah. The conventional running backs. That's right. The Devin Singletary's the Zach Moss. Because I want to be fair, Allen ran the ball effectively, but what we're talking about is the actual running backs. That's why Jeff brought up Saquon Barkley. I just wanted to clarify that in case people are saying to themselves, wait a minute, what's going on? Number two, you brought up a very interesting point. Because if you do look at, nobody's talking about statistics and nobody's saying Daniel Jones is Josh Allen or vice versa, but they are both mobile quarterbacks who have the capability to run. So it's not crazy to think that some of the, the things, Jeff, that Dayball ran with Josh Allen, he may say to himself, hey, we can have Daniel Jones run similar concepts. However, the million-dollar question is durability, okay? How yeah. much do you want to expose Jones to those hits that Allen has taken when, let's be fair, Allen has a very different physique and a different makeup that I think you got to think twice about how much do you want to expose Jones to considering he's right. missed at least two starts in each of his first three seasons.
0: Well, before you went on that little it's not a Grant, whatever it was that you just a said. a dissertation, maybe you could call it. Yes, let's <laughs> understand that Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen, which everybody wants to. Now that Brian Dable is the head coach, is going to say, "Oh well, we why can't he make him look like you know Josh Josh Allen?" Because he's not. By the way, he's probably I don't know. I'm just guessing that Josh Allen's twenty pounds heavier than he is, without a doubt. And I feel like he's kind of built to run. Where I think that you know Daniel Jones. Is, well, I'll tell you, Josh Allen's pretty quick. They're both pretty fast. But the durability issue, we, ha- we have history here. Daniel Jones, we know, cannot play a whole season. At least he hasn't yet. Um, and so you're going to have to dial it back a little. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to run and they're not going to have designed plays to run. He's just going to have to play smart. And I think that Brian Dable will be able to sit down and explain that to him. And, you know, as it goes through and – they, they pick up the offense and insert game by game. There might be a little bit more running against one opponent than the other. But, hey, let's just see what we can do, and it's exciting. I mean, this is a very exciting time. And in terms of the other thing
1: that we were alluding to earlier, the reason why it's also exciting is because if we talk about the importance, Jeff, of the general manager and the head coach being in line with one another, and Shane even talked about this, right, at his introductory presser. He talked about the qualities he was looking for in a head coach, but he also talked about how it's important that everybody's on the same page. There's good dialogue. There's good discussion. Well, unlike some of the other candidates, okay, you know there's a working relationship that has already been established between Joe Shane and Brian Dable because they've been in Buffalo for the last few seasons together, and I guarantee you they've had conversations, whether it be in team settings or outside of team settings. So at least you know that's been established. You don't have to develop that. I guess that's my point, Jeff. You come in already. already, It's already there, and I think that at least is a big, attractive positive because also – Who did Brian Dable work with, Jeff? He worked with personnel that Brandon Bean, the general manager, and Joe Shane gave him to work with. So I think that there's a philosophy that is somewhat shared and has been established over the last few seasons because they clearly have had success. And Dable knows the players that they pinpointed
0: in the draft as well as in free agency. I don't think that we've talked enough about Sean McDermott in this mix. Okay? So I feel like he is a heck of a football coach. Another special teams coach, by the way, a guy that kind of cut his teeth through the league. Um, With Philadelphia back in the day, he was a special teams guy. Here's the thing. You know, when you talk about Sean McDermott working with Joe Shane, well, you know their offensive coordinator. Those, all three of those guys worked together. They all picked up on things that they do successfully. Now, remove Sean McDermott, but you got two-thirds of the group there, right? Offensively, I'm saying. So, that's just how positive is that now that you bring that into the, into the giants building. Um, and by the way, those guys have all been through the draft. They see how Brandon Bean has drafted. Well, Joe Shane was his right hand man. And by the way, Brian Dable was in every single one of those meetings, all the draft stuff that they did working up into the day of the draft, the first three rounds, you know, that he had a say in some of this stuff offensively, at least. So, that type of relationship, like you said, is not having to be developed. It's already there. I mean, it's, that's you got yourself a seasoned wine. I mean, it's ready to go. It's going to taste good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's a positive, and I think people should really look at that as something that, you know, we don't talk a lot about, but this team needs help. And this team needs direction from a personnel department moving and forward. And I think that both these guys can bring that to it. Because well, Brian Dable is now the head coach. He's not the offensive coordinator anymore. He's going to be able to make some of these decisions with Joe Shane that he would have never been able to make when he was with Buffalo. Because, to your point, Sean McDermott was there. And right, Brandon
1: right. Bean also was ahead of Joe Shane in terms of the pecking order. Exactly. And I want to also, Jeff, build another parallel between Buffalo and the Giants. And once again different personnel and so forth, but we're talking more about the relationship.
0: Interestingly,
1: you had Sean McDermott became the Bills head coach. Then he brought in Brandon Bean and then Joe Shane followed. Well, where did all of those guys previously work together, Jeff? They worked together in Carolina. So McDermott, when he got the Buffalo job, he prioritized, hey, I want to bring in a general manager that I already have a working relationship. So the reason I'm bringing that up is That was, I'm sure, in the back of Joe Shane's mind, right? Okay, now I'm the general manager. Okay, I want to bring in a head coach similar to what McDermott and Bean established when they both came to Buffalo. So I guess my point is, I'm sure that that was something he was thinking about, right? You go back to your previous relationships, your previous experiences, and you see, hey, it worked well in Buffalo because the established relationship was there
0: just as they got things going in 2017. And remember, um, when they got there... They they really now Joe Shane mentioned in his press conference that somebody asked him about cleaning house, and you know his answer I thought was pretty good, you know just because you did it somewhere else doesn't mean you have to do it here, and I think that you mentioned the personnel this, this team's different than that team, and there are some good players on this team and so but he mentioned this I I would just want I want to get it right and whether it is clean house or not I just want to get it right and make sure that we do the right thing but. You know, I think that this is a guy that was with a rebuild from a point as far as Joe Shane and Brian Dable the last four years. They have built this team back up to a legitimate playoff and Super Bowl contender in just a matter of three, four years. So I think that has a lot of promise to this hire. I think that, that was taken into consideration. I think some of the questions that all these coaches were asked about is who's your coordinators, who's your staff, you know, this is an offensive coach now. Who's going to be your defensive guy? Yeah. We talk about Patrick Graham. Will he get a head coaching job? I know he's interviewed for it. Is he going to stick around? There's a lot of things that these answers, um, these questions were asked, and whether you're going to have the answers or not, we're going to do it pretty soon because you got yourself a new head coach. And, by the way, those dominoes start falling now. This is where the where the coach was asked. Brian Dable was asked, when we hire you, who's your coaches here, here, and here? And, and I'm telling you they're on the phone it's <laughs> it's happening so uh we'll, we'll be able to hear see who some of those hires are sooner than later. Well, it's no different than when you interview a
1: general manager, Jeff, right? You ask them, well, who's your head coaching candidates, right? Yeah. Well, same thing. When you interview a head coach, you ask them, okay, well, who do you have in mind in terms of your staff, especially when you have a background on offense and you now need somebody to handle, as you mentioned, the defensive side of the ball. So does he perhaps look to an assistant or two within the Buffalo Bills organization? I wouldn't rule that out. But remember, as we talked about earlier, Earlier. You're talking about somebody that was with the Patriots organization, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Browns, the Jets, and then New England again, and then was exposed to college with Alabama in 2017. So think about all the relationships, right, Jeff, <laughs> oh that gosh. he established during his coaching tenure. He'll have plenty of individuals that I'm sure he's talked to over the years who have brought new ideas to the forefront to tap into on the defensive side of the ball. Because whenever you're a head coach for the first time, Jeff, We know that Brian Dable could very well call the plays and be the head coach. We've seen it with a variety of other individuals who have made that transition, whether it's Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Andy Reid. We could sit through the list, give you a plethora of other names. But it's still important to have faith in, hey, my coordinator on defense, I don't need to micromanage him. He could go off to his side of the building, his office, and he can handle the defensive side of the ball. And I would say sometimes... When you're a first-time head coach, even though Brian Dable has a wealth of experience, Jeff, it may not hurt if you can. And if you have already an established relationship to bring in somebody who was a previous head coach slash defensive coordinator because then you entrust them, you know they can handle their stuff. Case in point, I brought up Sean McVay. Who'd he bring in as his first defensive coordinator with the Rams? Wade Phillips. What was Wade Phillips? He was a previous head coach of the Cowboys and clearly a well-established defensive coordinator.
0: That's a great point. And, or you say to yourself, you know what? I got a guy here that I like. You know, he's got he – you internal the Yeah. Yeah. And that would be Patrick Graham. And so, um, you know, I, I like that side of the football. I think that that, you know, defensively they can get much better. But I, I, I believe that people believe in Patrick Graham. And, um, you know, when you look at that defense and who they lost – uh, you know, there's those guys made a big difference. And, you know, so we'll see what happens. But I agree with you. I think that being a first time head coach, you kind of want to have somebody on your staff that's been there before to be able to help you through some of the things that you may not think about. Um, hey, you know what? You're, hey, uh, Brian, step in my office here. You know, you're about ready to go do this. I can tell you when I was a head coach, this is what happened. That That goes a long ways. Well, and one last thing I want to add, I'm glad you brought up Patrick Graham because there
1: is an established relationship between Graham and Dayball because when Dayball had his second stint with New England, who was was on staff, Patrick Graham. Graham was the linebacker's coach In 2014 and 15, and then he became the defensive line coach for the Giants in 2016, so he briefly crossed paths with Brian Dayball, and if you know that he obviously has been guiding this Giants defense for the last two seasons, you like the results, you've already... Seen what Patrick Graham could do up close and personal when he was a positional coach, it would make sense that he would get heavy consideration, assuming, of yeah. course, that Patrick Graham, Jeff, does not get a more attractive right, opportunity right. elsewhere. Because remember, he's also being considered a candidate for head coaching opportunities.
0: Yeah, and, and look at this, too. So you here you got, let's just talk about Patrick Graham. And if you decided to hire him as a defensive coordinator, you got a leg up on your personnel for the team. I mean, he's, he, he was here last year. Well, who better year. to talk to? Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, so that, that could help Brian Dable and Joe Shane immensely Absolutely. as far as that. You know, with without any kind of like trepidation, like, okay, these are new guys. I can tell you about everybody. Um, I know that, you know, I don't know the offensive guys like I know the defensive guys, but I was on the practice field with them every day. I traveled with them every weekend. I know these guys um, you know, so I can help you out personnel wise a little bit that way. So that's always a feather in their cap too. So we'll see what happens. But I do like the idea of having a first time. Well, actually, I don't like the idea of having a first time head coach. That's just not one of the prerequisites that, I mean, I wanted somebody with the head coaching experience, but that's okay. Um, but I now go to what you said, Lance, and that would be maybe try to find somebody that was a head coach that will be able to help you with some of the decision-making and just have a little experience there because you're going to need it. Correct, or somebody
1: that's been there and done that. And to your point, Patrick Graham has been there and done that because he's been guiding this defense over the last few seasons. That's right. So you wouldn't have many question marks about, oh, now we have to direct traffic. You know, hey, Patrick has established relationships with the players, and he obviously has an established scheme for the sake of continuity.
0: And that makes a big difference, right? Because you're you're here. You are a brand new coach, brand new general manager. You know where are where is the continuity on your football team? If you lose a Patrick Graham and that staff, and then all of a sudden nobody. So to me, if you want to keep some continuity, and and Patrick Graham has the pedigree to be he's still here, it's a great way to do it. I really do because you kind of want to have some continuity going forward, and that's a great place to start because you got your defense. The schemes are the same. The playbook's the same. You got a lot of the same players. You look on that defensive side of the football, there's a lot of good players on that side, a lot of young talent when you talk about Aziz, and, you know, um, hopefully they can get uh, Carter back maybe, but there's some some good talent on that side of the football. Well, and you have young guys
1: too, as you mentioned, that you're still trying to develop. So, you know, do you want to now expose them to new coaches or do you want to have a familiar face in the room? So that's something else that Brian Dable certainly can consider. So there you have it. The Giants have a new head coach. Brian Dable joining forces with a man he's familiar with in new GM, Joe Shane, as both of them come over from Buffalo. We'll have more on this on Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, which you can listen to at noon eastern on Giants.com, the mobile app, and on all podcast platforms. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. We will speak to you next time right here on the Giants Huddle Podcast.